Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up today, Room to Improve Quantity Surveyor Claire Irwin will be here to give us her top tips on taking challenging homeowner issues from money management to energy efficiency. If you're looking for something a little bit different for your home, then have you tried architectural salvage? Well, Kilkenny's well-known Harry Maharaj will be joining me for a chat. What's involved in creating a carbon-neutral home? Well, we'll be hearing from the construction firm behind the world's first in Sweden. And interior designer to the stars, Arlene McIntyre, will be talking to me about textured wallpaper and pendant lighting. So if you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here on 53106. That'll cost you 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you can find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and all of our podcasts, which are up on the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud. Now, you're very welcome along this morning. I have been away for the last week because I was on holidays. And I was in uh, Dubrovnik, as it happens, which for anyone who's ever been there will know, it is a really beautiful place. It's incredibly clean and everyone has a huge pride in their city. So it's really hard to believe that just 30 years ago it was bombed almost out of existence. And it's hard not to draw parallels with what's going on in Ukraine today. And of course, in a war, nobody wins, but the city, the homes and the people suffer greatly. One of the things which struck me there were the colourful, bright roofs of the houses. It's a walled, historic walled city. So you can see them all from the height around on the hills that surround it. Some are orange and yellow. Um, But we were a bit surprised, actually a bit appalled to learn that the colour of the roof dictates whether or not that house was bombed because the new ones that had to be rebuilt were all done with red tiles and you can tell them apart. So there's reminders really of war everywhere. And for many families, Of course, it's very recent history, but I was struck as uh, they're about to join the euro. Uh, So uh, the locals there had a lot of hope for the future and the currency. And Croatia has such a fine, vibrant life. And many of them had chosen to, of course, to make Ireland their home. And we are very lucky to have them among us. So if there's any Croatians listening today, especially people from Dubrovnik, I'd like to say that they have a beautiful country and hopefully they see Ireland as a home from home. And of course, they and you are very welcome along to The Home Show. Now, you'll know my first guest uh, from Keeping Dermot Madden in line on Room to Improve, but quantity surveyor Claire Irwin is well used to taking on challenging issues for homeowners, often coming in under budget to do so and joins me on the line now. Claire, you're very welcome back to The Home Show. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Ah, uh, gosh, we've been <laughs> extremely busy. Um, we're cracking on with the next series of Room to Improve. Um, so we have a number of homes well underway. Um, some of the homes are complete. And then separate to the Room to Improve homes, then we have a number of homes that are being uh, renovated, new builds, extensions, that kind of thing. Deep retrofit grants. These SEAI grants are extremely topical at the minute. Yeah. So everybody's trying to jump on board those Indeed. and you know, access the funding. So been pretty busy with that. Um, in Donegal, there's a lot of Mika homeowners, um, unfortunately for them. Um, so we have a, a number of knock and rebuild homes in Donegal um, under that scheme. 
Um, so no, it's, it's really busy. It's an extremely busy time right now. How are you finding? Because I know that that mica thing went on for so long and and is still ongoing. And there was uh, all the negotiations with government and redress and all that kind of thing. Um, are, are you finding for the homeowners involved, Claire, that they are able now to get back on track with that? Yeah, it's a massive project. There, there's a massive shortage of homes to rent um, in Donegal. So that's a big issue for people um, who potentially will have to be out of their house to maybe up to a year while their home's been rebuilt. So that is a massive issue. Um, I have one client who actually bought a mobile home and they're they're living on site in the, in the back garden. Um, it's not ideal. Rent- not ideal, absolutely not. Um, I have a couple of homeowners who are uh, you know, moving in with family and friends. If you can get a, a home to rent, brilliant. Um, but it's really, really difficult. Um, I was actually part of the SDSI's, um group of chartered quantity surveyors who uh, costed eight house types um, for a report to the government back in February. So we priced out eight different house type scenarios um, and re- fed that back to the government. And they, the SDSA produced a document mm. um on the cost to rebuild the houses uh, with defective blocks. Um, we were delighted because the government took on board all the feedback that we had and they accepted the rates that we put forward. But obviously the, that, the, the mandate that the government gave us was to price the houses to pre-2008 building standards, which had right, an, you know inferior insulation, mm. uh, lower grade heating systems, windows and that. And they also told us to to not to price for um, the new foundations. So we were delighted that they accepted the cost for the superstructure, but there's a lot more to come yet and to be ironed out. As Indeed. Indeed. And of you course, know, construction inflation being what it is, it's nearly out of date by the time exactly. it's published in terms of that. All this right. is it. Well, well, now, when we calculated those figures in February, they were live data, live figures that we were getting from tenders. So it was myself and a few other quantity, chartered quantity spares throughout the country prices. So it was live rates. So it was based on rates that we were getting in February. But even since February, yeah, you're 100% right. Prices have increased mm-hmm. since February. So um, it's, it's very difficult. Now, they have... Um, alluded that perhaps the, the figures would be reviewed every year mm. um, which would be needed um, but in today's climate you Who know every knows? year probably Who wouldn't knows be what that means absolutely I know. Uh, it, certainly it could have it could have come at a better time um, yeah. now you mentioned room to improve there what kind of projects are you seeing because there's another thing that must take an awful long time to film yeah absolutely um, so we we have a mixture of houses um, in the next series. There's uh, renovations, extensions. We're focusing a lot on uh, energy upgrades. Is, yes. And is Dermot behaving himself now any better on this series than on previous ones, Claire? You can let us know. We, there's good days <laughs> and bad days. <laughs> right. right. Do, the bad day, do the bad days involve him saying more is more? <laughs> more glass. <laughs> more, 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 more. Um, no, do you know what? It's a complete balancing and juggling act. Um, you know, we agree the figures. We go to site. We have a contract value, <laughs> and then Dermas arrives, and he has another. All it's always brilliant ideas. Now, don't get me wrong, but they always come with a cost consequence. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, 
it's he's, never he, straightforward. He's never a fella for coming in saying, now, what's the cheapest we can get away with here, Claire? No, <laughs> no. no. Now, we, we did have one project that's going to feature in the next season and we worked extremely well. And I think everyone's going to be interested in that one. Um, uh, we we just, you know, got the cheapest way, but to still come out with something that looks the part. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I know it's tricky, Dermot. Um, oh. He's expensive taste. <laughs> he has expensive tastes and he, he yeah. gets encouraged by yeah. people who want yeah. who want all the nice things and of course your job then is to act like the school marm and bring him back to the earth uh, with, with a bang alright and you do, yeah. do it very well so we look forward to seeing that on our screens probably later in the year I would imagine yeah. um, now and of course you're, that's not the only thing you're involved in there's a new series on the way hosted by Darren Kennedy uh, with Board Gosh Energy and this is called Imagine a Better Way now talk Talk to me a little bit about what your involvement is in that. So the Imagine Better Way series is all about, you know, kind of trying to reimagine your existing home in a in a better way um, to make your home more comfortable, more energy efficient, um, to reduce your running costs. So I was part of the five part series. My episode was all about grant funding that homeowners can access and avail of from the SEAI So uh, there's three different routes of grant funding that's available. Um, One is the completely free route if you're in receipt of certain types of benefits. Mm. Um, The second one is individual grant route, which would be applicable if you were just carrying out maybe one or two measures. Say, for example, if you wanted to insulate your attic or if you wanted to pump your cavity. Um, And then the third route is um, all geared around the one-stop shop um, facility. So on my episode, I um, went into that a bit further. So uh, listeners can catch up on that on that episode online. Um, it also talks about how how you can fund the works and you know. Um, yeah, and all, because it, it like it isn't cheap e- even to do the minimal. Um, like the no. cavity wall insulation, the attic insulation, getting your BER cert. It, there, there, it, it's a lot of money. Um, to, to get involved in it and I know the SEI we've, we've featured them before here and the grants they offer and I know the Better Home Scheme the Warm Home Schemes they're really really good but at best you're still only getting maybe a third uh, of the cost so so it's, it's a big leap for some homeowners Claire isn't it? It is and um, the SEI are selling these grants that the individual um, grants you can get up to 50% on insulation, your heating system, and any renewable mm-hmm. technology, and up to 80% for attic and cavity wall insulation. Um, so the grants are a bit better now. Um, Since the new improvements, previous. yeah. They are, they are, yeah. There's okay. good fund. Like, for example, there's there's eight grand there for external wall insulation. There's six and a half for heat pump. Um, so it's, there's good funding there. Um, but yes, you, it is even at best, you know, say on an average house, it'll be 50% of the cost. So if you're getting a grant for 25 grand, you have to um, be able to fund the other 25 grand. So That's true. And there are loans coming online. There's kind of, I know the banks, the credit unions are great at that and they will be offering very low cost loans to kind of um, help you along on that journey. Yeah. And, and some of the one-stop shop providers are actually going mm. to provide funding also, which is great. Um, and, you know, if you are if you have bought a home and if you're carrying out of an, an energy upgrade works as part of your renovation works, and if you have a mortgage, 
you can also get a cheaper interest rate for five years if you hit a, a, a B3 or, or better. Is that better? right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, and, and actually getting the BR cert is helpful in itself just so you can find that out and bang it in and you might get a better deal in Chabral for lower interest rates on the mortgage these days now with everything going up. Um, yeah, now you and mentioned... And, and yeah. Interestingly, just also another thing you need to mention, um, there on Thursday of this week, on the, the 14th of July, um, the government announced another grant that was... Um, it's been on the pipeline and they've been talking about it since February, but it's for the purchase of derelict homes. And on Thursday morning, they um, actually said that homeowners, if you buy a derelict home, you will be able to get a grant of up to €30,000. And if you require energy upgrade works, they'll top that up by another twenty. So that's fifty grand in total um, homeowners will be able to obtain through that derelict housing okay. scheme. Um, which is fantastic. Now, the whole ins and outs of it haven't been ironed out yet, um, but the the release on gov.ie on Thursday morning there said that it was 30 plus 20. Now, they did say if you get that 20 top-up, you wouldn't be able to get any SEI funding, which is fine yeah. if you were getting it from the Derelict Housing much. Scheme. It would be fantastic. Uh, I, so I that's, s- that's a good help to homeowners. I suppose we are so used in this country when you're driving around the country and driving the highways and byways of seeing run-down cottages, boarded-up windows, and even in towns, which could otherwise be very vibrant. And there's always been that reluctance either to find the owner, you know, to kind of force them into works or, or take ownership of the properties and and it really is just a, such a sad reflection in some of our smaller towns and villages to see those places boarded up. Perhaps now, if I was a homeowner of a derelict building and I thought, oh, nobody would be interested in buying this, maybe now I'll think, okay, well, someone can get a fifty grand grant for this, so maybe I will put it on the market. Okay. Um. So we'll see. We'll see how it right. goes. Right. Okay. And of course, when you're going to do something like that, if you do come across property like that and you're going to buy it, you really do need expert advice because in a lot of cases, renovating it may not be enough. You know, and no, and, exactly. Uh, um, so, some places really are beyond <laughs> are beyond repair, aren't they? Exactly. A structural engineer yeah. is vital um, yeah. and, e- and even an architect and a quantity surveyor to come in and, you know, give you advice on what you can do, how much it will cost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really important. All right. OK, OK. Uh, yeah. And listen, it's great to, great to speak to you and it's lovely then to see you um, working uh, on, on the other side of the camera as well and uh, and getting uh, those series underway. So that is uh, Board Gosh Energy, hosted by Darren Kennedy on um, Imagine a Better Way. And you'll find all about those grants, as Claire says, on gov.ie and the SAAI and all of the place that we feature regularly on the home show. Uh, Claire, we look forward to seeing you back on Room to Improve and it's been lovely to talk to you again uh, on the home show. Okay, all the best. Now, uh, coming up uh, after the break, the world's first carbon neutral house. So do stay with us after the break and we'll be back in a few moments. And you're very welcome back to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Before the break, I was chatting there with Claire Irwin, quantity surveyor to the stars and, of course, Dermot Bannon. And uh, we were chatting about all things that she is doing. If you want to listen back to that, you can do it on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. And you'll find all our greatest hits uh, up there on our entire repertoire. Now, finding a unique item for your home can prove tricky, but sometimes the solution is right in front of your eyes. Architectural salvage yards have been popping up around our and it might just be the place that you find a bargain. Well, Harry Maharaj is one of those behind family business Kilkenny Architectural Salvage and Antiques, which has been running for nearly 25 years in that beautiful city. And he joins me on the line now. You're very welcome along to the show, Harry. 
Thanks, Sinead. Thanks for having us. Now, 25 years is a very long time. It's a family affair. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my uh, my parents, Murray and Robin Maharaj, set up the business in 1998 um, after they'd been living in the UK for, for about 20 years and then they moved back home to Kilkenny. And uh, yeah, they kind of got the bug for all things salvage after they had uh, renovated a property in the UK that they had lived in. And it was kind of not a derelict, but not far off um, Georgian building. And um, that's where they kind of got the bug for, for all things salvage. And when they moved back home to Kilkenny, they... Uh, they were looking at different things on what to kind of set up as a business or what to kind of go ahead and do. And this this was an idea that they thought would be uh, would be different. And there wasn't many people doing it around the country at the time. So, yeah, so we're coming up on 25 years now, which is a, a great achievement, given everything that's gone on through that with boom bust and, you know, other booms and everything as well. So, yeah, Indeed. no, we're very, we're very proud to have been able to, uh, to be keep going that long. Yeah. And I mean, your parents came back at a time when really, I think probably everything, everybody wanted everything new. I mean, after the recession of the 80s and the very sluggish 90s, there was that sense of we just want kind of new, fast furniture, you know, fast fashion, you know, everything. We don't want old stuff anymore. So it was a yeah. brave thing to set up a business. Do you think that things now have come full circle, Harry, for that people are now going the other way? They only want salvage and renewables yeah, and all of that. De- definitely. I think, it's, I think there's kind of two parts to it. There's definitely the side where people are thinking from an environmental perspective and kind of reusing, repurposing, recycling. That's definitely, Mm. I think, with the next generation coming through is very important for them. But also everyone wants something different. You know, if someone comes into your house or is in your garden or you're going into somebody's hotel or a pub, you want features, you want something different. You You know, not everybody wants to walk in and have the exact same kind of Ikea sitting room you know they want a piece where someone goes in and goes wow where did you get that or what's the story behind it so yeah people are always looking for for something different Now I will venture uh, stick my neck out a bit and venture that Maharaj isn't a local Kilkenny (laughs) name No 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 no, it's not my my granddad was born in South Africa and he um, he moved to Ireland and Married an Irish woman. It's the old story, isn't it? You find a woman, you settle down, and uh, and and you absorb then everything uh, that 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 country has to offer. Well, listen, talk talk to us a little bit then about what architectural salvage is, because I think maybe when some people think of a salvage yard, they're thinking of you know bits of rubbish and ironmongery and kind of uh, things that that have been picked up with derelict buildings. But it's really much much more than that, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Like if you're if you're just to kind of look at our business in a snapshot of what, say, we're selling, which gives kind of an idea. It could be anything from, you know, a salvaged timber floor to timber beams that we're cutting down and people are using as mantles in their houses, all the way to kind of your typical garden furniture, building materials. You know, something like salvaged bricks is what most people would maybe think is a traditional salvage yard would have. But then we go all the way to kind of antiques and pub memorabilia and and everything and that a lot of that comes down to who we're who we're buying from as well you know it's it's from the the everyday person who maybe is clearing out a few items from their house or maybe somebody's downsizing or it could be next day we could be in with a farmer who's clearing out some pieces or it could be a hotel that's doing a renovation and we're going in and maybe buying the whole bar or something like mm, that. So mm. it's it's such an eclectic mix of items and, and that that's that's what we try to do. It's to keep it so interesting that anybody can walk in. So 
an 18-year-old could walk in and find something that they go, God, I didn't think that would be here, all the way up to an 80-year-old who goes, God, that's just a little trinket that has, you know, just caught my eye, So and everything in between. So, you know, we try to keep it as mixed and eclectic and, and always changing as well. That's the that's the beauty and why we have so many kind of return visitors, because every time we do a new job or a big clearance, the stock changes. So you don't know what you're going to see when you come into the yard. So... In terms then of people visiting a salvage yard, I, I like do they have to know in advance what, what it is they're looking for? I, I presume when you're looking at commercial clients, people who want to fit out a bar or get ye olde kind of wooden kind of floors and all that kind of thing, they know exactly what they're doing. But if you're going along and you're you're doing up a house or you're renovating a home and you just want something a little bit original to go with maybe yeah. features that you already have, do you have to take the long game with a lot of the stuff you get in? I mean, you wouldn't be buying it to order to immediately sell on. No, yeah, definitely. That's 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 exactly what we do. And we're we're very lucky in the in the site and the premises that we have. It's it's the old woolen mills in Kilkenny that that my, my granddad actually bought the site back in the 60s. So, you know, we have six, seven acres of outdoor space and a, a couple of warehouses that are kind of a couple of thousand square foot each. So we have the space. So we we very much are buying with the long-term view on everything. You know, if we're buying an item, it, it might sell tomorrow. It might not sell until next year or two years or three years, but that the right person will walk in the door at some point and go, <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for, but I did not know I was looking for. Well, and and that's, that's what we try to do. I have I've been lucky enough to visit uh, Salvage Yards uh, over the years and uh, they are a mishmash of the most extraordinary things. As some things you look at that you think, in a million years, they're never going to sell that. And then you go back yeah. the next week and it's gone. It's so gone, yeah. give us an idea of some of the more unusual items that you've had uh, yeah, or have yeah. in stock. Harry. Yeah, like it's it's the, the beauty is we just never really know what's coming in. You know, if you're kind of to look back a couple of months ago, we had a full size confession box in stock that had come right. from a clearance we had done. We do a lot of work with kind of a lot of the kind of the churches and religious orders around the country. And, you know, a full confession box came out. And then a couple of weeks ago, we sold a, you know, a life size horse made out of buffalo bone. So it's 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 you just you just don't know what's going to be going. And then in the same day, you could sell you know your a normal garden bench or some oak flooring, and that I think that's why people come in and visit again and again and follow us on social media as well. And they kind of go, God, I did not think even something like that existed, let alone that there would be somebody selling it and somebody else buying it. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the the way it goes. But yeah, there's different pieces coming in. We we try to, there's certain pieces that obviously need a bit of work and time put into them to kind of do a bit of research. There's other pieces that we just have an idea of what the value is. And, and we try to buy at a good price as well, mm-hmm. obviously, so that we can pass that on to people. Because you are competing against, as you said, Sinead, the, the new items, you know. Yeah. So if someone can go in and buy a new coffee table, there's there's a price for that. But we're trying to say, well, look, you can obviously do your little bit for the for the world and the environment, and mm. that that's and a not given, have it not have it shipped from China in eight months' time. Well, um, exactly. So, yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious now because I'm, I imagine churches are a great source of salvage because yeah. there's fewer of them now, and maybe you know maybe not the money to do them up or to keep them in in a lot of parishes. But I, where what does one do with a confession box at home? Have you ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this this one actually ended up going off to uh, to a, a production company oh. that we're going to be that we're going to be using it for um, you know for movie. movies and oh, yeah, and okay. they, and they were they were kind of taking the long term view on it themselves, going, well, we have a great opportunity to be able to buy something here. We'll definitely be able to use this multiple times over its life. But mm-hmm. we get lots of other things, and like we'd always, especially with 
especially when you go down the route of the religious orders, you know, you always have to be very respectful of what the items are as well. So we always would do that. But you just don't know what someone is looking for. Mm. You know, we get lots of kind of interior design companies coming in as well on the commercial side. And they, we had somebody recently who wanted to come in and they bought 15 different old toilets all in different colours. They wanted the blues and the oh, pinks nice. and all of those colours because they were doing a, a pub up in Dublin that uh, they just wanted something a bit quirky. Quirky, okay, coloured loose. Who knew? you know? And these are these are the things that often end up in skips when people are yeah. doing a renovation or clearing out an old property or you know a grandparents' house that has been sitting there like that, or the sink is and the pedestal have been there for for fifty years and they get thrown into the skip. But the beauty is if we can kind of get involved in the process there that they get a new lease of life and that'll go into a premises now, probably get a lot of, you know, a lot of good looks and people looking and kind of going, <laughs> wow, look at that, look at that for an idea. Indeed. And it, it can live on for another 20 years, you know. OK, so what would you say, Harry, then to somebody who has never been into a Savage Art before, they are looking at new, but maybe they're a little bit nervous about, you know, whether you should haggle for a price or whether everything yeah. is listed as it is or, or even how to get through um, this vast warehouse of stuff. What would you recommend for people giving it a go? It's very much just come down, give yourself time and just walk around and enjoy it. It's it's the kind of place that you should just, if you have an hour free, pick up a coffee on the way and just, especially on a nice sunny day, and just walk and wander. And if you have a question, you can always ask. Everything will have prices on it. There's always room for a, a bit of haggling on certain items as well. That's part of the game that we're in. And that's the bit of fun of it as well for for everybody as well. You know, it's, it's as much a bit of crack for us when you get somebody and you're kind of trying to do a bit of a deal with them. Um, but it's we very much try to take a, a chilled out approach to it to let people just come down, walk around. We're there if you need us, mm. but just walk around. And if you see something you like, just just put it aside or bring it up to us or whatever it is. But there's no, it's not a case of, I know people can kind of get nervous going into maybe antique shops and kind of higher end designer places like that. Because they feel, oh God, I'm going in and they see the first price tag and everything is 5,000 euros and 10,000 euros. And Mm. and maybe I shouldn't be in this type of place and I won't ask a question because I, you know, I'm not at that, that, that the race is for that. But we have anything from five euros up to, 10,000 euros, okay. whatever it is. Okay. But so everything in between. But we just let people just walk around and just enjoy it. And we've lots of people who come in just for the walk. You know, they have half an hour free. They've, they're in Kilkenny and they've heard about us. And they said, oh, look, we just said we'd swing in. We're not doing a project or we're not buying a house until next year. But we just wanted to see what the business is about. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, maybe just kill half an hour, but in an interesting and different way. And of course, you're in the Marble City now, so I presume you've the, the odd bit of marble down there as well. well do you statutory? And, and we're very lucky to be in Kilkenny as well. You know, Kilkenny is a very good tourism in, industry as well mm. with, you know, the Castle Park. There's a very good nightlife here, good hotels, pubs, restaurants. So there's a lot of people always coming down. But what's been amazing for us, and especially, I guess, through what we've done a lot of work with social media in the last mm. couple of years, and that's that's what myself and my two brothers have kind of, tried to do we've all moved down to the business in the last four years and yeah we th- this is uh, this is Paul and Connor working with yeah. you and of course your dad Robin it's like a boy band uh, yeah. <laughs> but you've all come from different backgrounds so I'm always fascinated by these family businesses because some families of course get on famously and they kind of form dynasties and, yeah. and others though it must be difficult working with people that you know so well that it's more than a business relationship how do you all get on? Yeah no we do we get on great and we all, we all look obviously you have to manage these things every day that's what that's what families are but we we all bring different things to the business obviously our dad robin has been in it for a long time and what myself and paul and connor have all tried to do is you know it's kind of nearly bringing 
the salvage yard into the next next era mm. through online mm. and through social media and 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 that's completely transformed our business you know we have followers on across instagram facebook tiktok now and you know we we put items up and at the end of the day somebody who's sitting in mayo should have the opportunity to see an item they got exactly what i wanted mm. but i don't have the time to get in the car to drive down they see it they can buy it. They can delivery anywhere in the country. So that's that's what we've tried to do. But we all were in different industries. I was in finance. Connor was in the insurance industry, and Paul was in the travel industry. So we all bring different things to the day to day basis. But at the end of the day, if the floor needs to be swept, whoever's nearest just gets it done. <laughs> if the accounts need to get done, whoever's doing them does them today. And if somebody needs help, whoever's nearest to them goes and does it. All right. Well, listen, Harry, it's been a delight talking to you. Where can people now find you on Instagram and those other uh, social media channels? Yeah, so if you just put in Kilkenny Architectural Salvage, you'll find us on any of the social media platforms. And uh, and then our website as well obviously gets updated every week with kind of any new items coming in. So And then just obviously pop down to Kilkenny and, uh, and come and have a look around. Fantastic. All right. Well, Harry Maharaj, continued success in your fantastic family business. And, uh, and I hope that uh, people do pay a visit because uh, it's such a nice way to spend maybe escaping the sun during next week uh, and go down into, into that in Kilkenny. And thanks a million for joining us on The Home Show. Thanks, Ned. Now, I want to turn to Sweden now, where the creation of the world's first carbon neutral house hit the headlines this week. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Christina Hansen, CEO of Structor, specialists in construction design, who was among those behind the initiative. Uh, Christina, you're very welcome along to the Home Show this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I think listeners might be surprised to learn that there has never before now uh, been a carbon neutral house built. Why do you think that is? Oh, it's a kind of new thing uh, to think, and uh, you ha- we have been uh, investigating and uh, validated uh, materials to do this. So, yeah, this is the first, uh, the world's first carbon neutral house here in Sweden. Yeah. Well, tell us what it what it means to be carbon neutral. What has to be done uh, to, to to give it that designation? Yes, we have um, focused on the materials and finding the materials, what's the best for the nature and for the climate. And so we um, evaluated several kinds of materials to find the best. And we had to do a life cycle and analysis so um, and calculate on these products the emissions for the environment. So you're focusing on the materials mm. and which materials are good for the climate. And um, then we have Sweden Green Building Council has a, a certificate that is uh, called NOL CO2. And that's uh, a help to, so we can calculate and really investigate and uh, see that this is the, the NOL CO2 first now, neutral house. Yeah. T- tell me, uh, is there a plan? To, is somebody living in this house or is it just a pilot structure just to see can it be done? Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, Gunnar Jonsson, the CEO for Fiskarheden Vilan, is now uh, the customer and he has uh, bought this house for himself. So yes, he's living there. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. And how, yeah. Lar- how large is it? The the house is uh, 107 square metres. Okay, all so, right. So about the size of, in Ireland here, that would be a three-bed 
semi-detached yeah, house. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I was curious to see that it was built with wooden foundations. Um, yeah. That that seems to be um, it's obviously sustainable if you're using the right wood, but it seems to be kind of a, an old-fashioned way of doing it. Tell me why you went down that road. Well, we have uh, uh, evaluated different kinds of materials and just uh, um, because of the wood is good for the climate, uh, mm-hmm. but here in Sweden we usually have a concrete as a slab foundation. But as you know, uh, concrete uh, is not good for the climate, and uh, therefore we tried this and put a CLT, is cross laminated timber, on the ground, and underneath we have four layers of insulation. And well, we used to have this before, but uh, not in this way. Mm. Not with this kind of product. CLT is um, uh, cross-laminated timber, uh, and with this kind of layers underneath, we had to calculate on the humidity, and therefore we have, um, yeah, we have uh, still uh, we put in some sensors in the ground and in the walls to uh, have a call for this, um, have a check for this uh, humidity. Mm. That's a. Uh, and 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 of course the yeah. strength that you need for for the home. Tell me, um, Christina, how how what is the cost compared to building a regular home? Was it more expensive or around the same? Uh, this house was a kind of a, a pilot house, and yeah. now the Fiskar Hedenvillan has developed a, a whole new series for called Atmosphere, and uh, they have picked some of the wall the the wall type and the roof type. Uh, in their new house, uh, in the new series. So the new series is not, uh, um, it's e- even cheaper than the, uh, it's, it's the same price okay. uh, as a regular house, yeah. Okay, so, so how, how do you see governments, I mean, Sweden is usually at the forefront of these things, you know, in terms of, of um, new developments and, and dealing yeah. with energy and all that. What would it take for other governments uh, to, to make a commitment to building in this way uh, in the future? Well, I think um, you have to premiere innovations that come out from this kind of project as you do and, and uh, highlight them because I think it's, um, the government uh, should um, give the companies and uh, push for uh, collaboration and also maybe give some incitements to do like mm. this, something like this, and energy efficiency and develop new kind of thing to use the products. Um, because we have to be more innovative to do something for the climate, not just talk. We have to do something. Um, so I think you have to do some incitements from the government. And this. as the expert in this area, in construction design, can you see a time where this becomes the norm rather than a once-off? Yes, of course. The the industry is going that way. Um, just these uh, past years, we have come a long way on the road. So, of course, this is going to be a regular thing further on. But we have to keep going. We have to mm. do do something more. Further development needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, yeah. one hopes that every, as they say, every little helps and, and you know, building itself does need to fundamentally change and, and it is people like you may be leading the way on that. Christina Hansen, yeah. CEO of Structor in Sweden, thank you so much for uh, bringing us the world's first oh. carbon neutral house. Okay, thank you.
Now coming up interior designer Arlene McIntyre will be here and as always you can get your questions into us email them uh, to the home show at newstalk.com or text us on 53106 at a cost of 30 cent and join me in a few moments after this. And you're very welcome back to the home show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead with you till the top of the hour. And joining me now, I'm delighted to say, uh, is interior designer to the stars. And we're always delighted to have her back to visit us on the home show to help you tackle your restyling uh, options for your home. Arlene McIntyre, founder and creative director of Ventura Design. Welcome back. Good morning, studio. Sinead. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you on this beautiful weekend. We're Gorgeous. We're a few days ahead of this. I'm delighted. A lovely, lovely bit of sunshine. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to start off with, because every single interior design shop I've been into, every single nearly home I've been into, uh, the one thing that everybody seems to have at the moment is these pendant lights. Yes. Hanging things over, over... <laughs> Hanging um, things. Yeah, well, I mean, I have them as well. So they're like over the kitchen table yep. or over the kitchen island. Yes. Or they're nearly like art installations at this stage. They are and they can be. And I think it's a great way for some people to actually express themselves in a sense. And, and you'll instantly get a sense of their style when you see their lighting. Well, certainly I would when I enter a space. So I think it's really important to get your pending combination right. So, for example, if we're talking about your kitchen space, I think it's really great to have nice lighting. May it be three pendants over your island or two, depending on the size of your island, over the island space. What does it tell you about somebody when you see? Because there must be a point at which more is too much. Yeah, well, this is it. So, you, like, there are some homes and then they have a lot of chandeliers and maybe they're all in different finishes and they have gold and silver mixed all together in the same room and perhaps they have an ultra-modern lamp with a very classic pendant light. So I think you nearly need to spend time planning your lighting. And not alone planning your lighting. If you're fortunate enough to be building a new home, you can actually go back as far as planning where to have spotlights and task lighting. But if you're beyond that point and you're looking just to accessorize your space with, mm. with lighting, then it's a great opportunity to add in some of your personality. And I think over dining tables, you can really have fun with beautiful lighting. Yeah. Now, I have uh, a traumatic history here, uh, which I have to reveal, uh, because I had that idea of having these three hanging globes over the kitchen table. Yes. Um, and I, I speak from the place now where we got them, <laughs> but not after having to punch holes across the ceiling to try oh. and get wiring. The the lights, as it turned out, were the cheapest and easiest bit. Mm-hmm. Getting them installed was a nightmare. I know. Because it is not that straightforward. You can't just plunk a light wherever you feel it in the ceiling. This is true. So you really need to plan your space. This is the point. So before you start buying anything, have a good look at your space, see where your lighting points are. If you only have one point coming out of your ceiling, say, for example, Mm. over the dining table, you can see several options which come in round pendants or rectangular ones that take in the full width of your dining table. That can look very smart. There seems to be a trend at the moment to have these uh, lights in cages. You know, that you you suspend the cage. Yeah, that's lovely. Kind of that. can be. It can look a bit gothic as well. It depends on the finish and it depends on the style. It also depends on the bulb. So you can go for a very urban sort of... um, Oh, this like naked bulb kind of Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a very cool look. But then you need to kind of 
make sure that you're happy to commit to that look and everything else within the space. Yeah, because you need to go then with the rustic wood table or, you, you know, you don't want Correct. to look like a pizzeria. Correct. You know? So <laughs> this is where you don't want your home to look like a restaurant or a yeah. pub either. So you just got to get the balance right and really plan your finishes. Do your homework on where your points are. I love wall lights as well. I think they can really complement the pendants and you can have a really nice light story going on in whatever the room is that you're planning on working in. A sconces? Yeah, sconces oh, or really? well lights. Are they not yeah. very old-fashioned? No, no. Oh, love okay, them. Okay. And I, I particularly love them in hallways or in dark stairwells. Love them in uh, living areas with a beautiful piece of art or a mirror or your family photos in the centre of them. So I think they're fantastic and they're wonderful ways to introduce a bit of glamour. Now, in terms of bulbs and all of that, um, there's so many options now with colour and these ones where you can see the filaments yes. and these giant big kind yes. of bulbs that you can have. Uh, so what do you recommend for people in terms of trying to set the tone in the room that you're in? Well, yes, like you were you were talking about with the cage lighting, you see a lot of that look and it can lend itself to a more urban industrial look. And the bulbs can be very large and very kind of uh, bronzed or they have an amber tone off them. And they're absolutely stunning, but they are part of that look and that story. So you've got to get your finishes right and get your story right and decide what your style is. Once you know what that is, um, I would always recommend going for a warm bulb and and veering away from anything that's too blue and cold. Mm. It, it can actually impact the colour of your walls, your upholstery. Suddenly you'll love your colour scheme during the day, but at night time you're like, what happened to my space? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's changed. A to- exactly. <laughs> okay. So you've got to go for the nice warmer tones on the bulbs. That would be my number one tip. In a lot of kitchens, people still have these pin lights in the ceiling, these, these high yeah. kind of... Spice light spots. Mm-hmm. So maybe your other lighting, which can, because it's not really needed for the lighting itself. No, it's just decorative. It's just for, for the decor. So you can kind of tone right down then. The, the oh, yeah. I definitely think pendants should be, should not be totally relied on for task lighting. So in your kitchen, for example, you really need good lighting for cooking, uh, chopping, prepping. Mm-hmm. So you really need to consider a number of things when, if you can in that space. Task lighting is really important in bathrooms, wardrobes, smaller spaces, yeah. kitchens. Okay. And needless to say, don't be doing any of this yourself. Um, no. <laughs> Electrical no. work is no. really for the Well, the for experts. sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, all right. And to get an electrician is another story. Um, now, the other thing then um, we had a, a call in on was the whole... And actually, I was out in a shop recently and I was looking at wallpapers and I'm I'm one of these people who kind of, I must get wallpaper. We featured them before with you on the show yes. about putting them as a feature wall or in mm-hmm. an alcove or, mm-hmm. you know, ceiling sometimes. Um, but I saw one um, which had a flock finished. Now, I thought that went out with the 1970s. No, flocks are back. But they're back. They sure are. But I would be, I would use them sparingly. I don't think I would put them everywhere, no, all over your house. Like but I do, I do love a flock in a, um, in a space like where you can really have fun. May it be a hallway where you're not living in that space all the time. It's a okay. walkthrough area. Or in your downstairs powder room where there's no moisture, perhaps where you don't have a bath or a shower and it's just a sink and yeah. it's I somewhere it where you can, can have fun. I think it can be a really luxurious look for a bathroom. And I know we're told don't, put, water near, well, uh, don't put wallpaper near the bathroom because it'll all steam. But actually, 
it can be for a, for a loo that isn't used that much only a guest loo exactly like, it's great old crack to have it there 100% and it agree look a bit mad. I grew up with a flock in our hallway as a, as a kid and I still remember it to this day yeah. I mean it was awful at the time it but does it, have that kind of Victorian bordello look and it, you do have does. to be a little bit careful you've got to be careful <laughs> but there's really nice colours and patterns out there so okay. yeah what other textures are in wallpaper now at the moment because mm. there are some metallics that you can kind yes. of feel it as well as yeah. see it isn't that right textured so yes the textured wallpapers are massive they're actually referred to as wall coverings as opposed to wallpapers um, they come in metre lengths so mm. I mean it's a little bit different to kind of saying I'll have six rolls of wallpaper okay. in this room so you do need to get a good decorator on board he needs to measure out the space for mm. you you do need to know because oh, they're expensive they are super expensive and you don't want to waste it. I've often had this problem, um, not a problem, but it's a shock with some clients when they understand that you do see the joints. So if they are natural, sizal, you know, or the, the the actual finish on it, you can see the, the join. And it's not for everyone. It is the look of that particular type of um, material and texture. Mm. It's magnificent. I do. I personally love that look, but um, it's just something to know. Before you, yeah, because go down there's, that there's road. a kind of a trend, or there was a trend in kind of the minimalist look, especially mm-hmm. the Swedish, Japanese kind of thing, where you have this like linen wallpaper yes. or um, like a textured fabric, and yeah. you do have to be very careful about that because it is subject to shrinkage, isn't it? Yeah. Also, so uh, also you you need to be really careful. But then I work a lot with really great synthetic alternatives that look like the real deal. They're not. They're equally as expensive because, okay. you know, they're they're really beautifully made and they add this lovely texture and warmth on the walls and they can have a metallic back to them as well. So adds in that just that little bit of bounce in the mm. room and, and mm. light reflection. And it it's just a wonderful option. I use it all the time, especially in bedrooms and living spaces. Mm. Now, fitting wallpaper and hanging wallpaper, I mean, it really is an art form. There's an awful lot of painters won't do it anymore. Yes, I have a good few that will, um, maybe because I'm in the trade that yeah, they will. Yeah. But, um, it is yeah, specialist. It work. is specialist. It really depends on the role. It, if they're natural, um, it can be very tricky. So you need, to, you need to find a specialist wall hanger to handle some of these ones, especially that come in the meter length. You need a special glue for them. Um, yeah, so right, um, yeah, okay. do your homework on and that. And preparing the wall then, of course, is of paramount importance. I Very would think important. You don't want lumps and bumps afterwards. Yeah, so get, get a good decorator on board before you invest in expensive wall covering. Right. Okay. Good advice there. All right. <laughs> Listen, that's great. And um, and thank you very much for bringing us all of that in, in terms of wallpaper. But you're saying, yes, it's making a comeback. Oh, it Don't is. Be it's been. It. Oh, no. I use it all the time. Love it. And I also love putting it into wall beading. So I think that can be a lovely thing to do as well. Oh, okay. Talk, yeah, talk just to, to break that. it up. So um, you might find if you have a very large living space that you can have, if you have wall beading on the walls, you can actually put the, the actual... Uh, wallpaper within the bead so you're and then paint a around frame it. Forest. Exactly. Oh, so okay. that can look really smart in dining areas like with nice wall sconces. Okay. And a beautiful oh, you're, pendant. You and your wall sconces and your <laughs> pendant. All right. Okay. Arlene McIntyre, thank you very much for bringing us those top tips this weekend. Uh, people can find you on Instagram at 
Ventura Interior Design. Thank oh, you, Sinead. Wonderful. No problem at all. And and uh, have a lovely weekend. You too. And that is all we've time for on the show this week. If you'd like to get involved and uh, or you'd like us to ask one of our special expert guests a question, well, then please do so. Uh, text us on 53106 or email us during the week at the home show at newstalk.com. We read every single one of those. We do store them up. And then when somebody like Arlene comes in, <laughs> we throw them all at her and say, here's another one. Uh, and she can answer it. And it's absolutely fantastic uh, to have that expert expertise here. So that's all we have time for this week. Don't forget to check out the podcast. It's up there on the News Talk website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Marisa Sullivan was producing today with Stephen McLoon on sound. Anton Savage is up next and we'll be back here next Saturday at eight o'clock. Have a fabulous, sunny, warm weekend.